Hello, this is the Awaken Tarot Podcast, and this is Jacqueline Kitzman. We're going to talk about tarot today. <laughs> I should script these things. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, things in the world are happening. Obviously, we are very rapidly approaching um, primary voting, which I believe is happening this coming Tuesday. So it's very easy to say, go vote. Because it's that's kind of a privileged thing, you know, since there's like active voter suppression happening. But, you know, if you have the ability, go vote. And if you know that there are people in your life that may have trouble getting to a voting poll to like a poll station or anything else, please reach out and offer like maybe just offer them a ride or offer to babysit stuff like that. Anything that we can do to actively fight voter suppression um, is a huge deal Um, offering to babysit so that parents with young children like I will be taking Evie with me to go vote, which is definitely a ring of hell. But you know, if someone offered and they and they said, hey, Jacqueline, I'll babysit your kid, I would be like, hey, thanks. I will. Thank you. Um, you know, so if you have the ability to help people out, drive them to places, watch their children, um, you know, anything that that's super helpful, getting involved with people who are actively advocating against voter suppression and have have organized uh, places that you can go and help with that, which is great. You know, of course, we still have war in Ukraine. We still have Roe v. Wade is still fucking overturned, which is why that voting is very, very important and helping people to vote and actively fighting against voter suppression. All of these things are incredibly important. Um, There's still a lot of people unhoused from Hurricane Ian. There's still a revolution happening in Iran. And once again, like I'm actively having to seek out updates and information on that. We shouldn't not be having to seek out information for it. So, you know, just keeping our attention there and, you know, uplifting voices and interacting with specifically TikToks. That seems to be where a large portion of that is happening. Also, like I just saw in the news somewhere that Trump is considering a uh, running in 2024. For the love of God, I hope he is incarcerated by that point, but he may not be, which means he could run for president again. We cannot let this happen, which is, again, why it's so important to vote, but not just vote. Actively get involved with things that help with voter suppression. You guys, I think, get the point. So the card we are talking about this week, and again, I say this all of the time, I'm constantly amazed that we have not gone over this card. Like truly, I checked and triple checked the episode catalog. I feel like I have phantom memories of talking about this card. This card is the hermit. We have not gone over the hermit, but today we're going to talk about the hermit. So of course, we are using the Smith Rider Weight deck. Um, and on this card, the hermit um, is a person they are standing um, completely hooded. They have a long white beard and they're holding a staff in their hand. Um, And then the other hand, they're holding a lantern. The card is primarily like a very deep, almost icy blue. And they're standing on kind of like a snowy place. Like this is a person who lives probably by choice, very isolated. They are attempting to keep warm. They're in a cloak, which keeps them kind of from people getting, you know, if somebody's wearing a big fucking cloak, they probably don't want to be fucking perceived so they they're a person that doesn't want to be perceived they're an older person with this beard um that i think the kind of the symbology symbology there is that this is a person who doesn't spend time in society not in high society um a lot of the other people in the smith rider weight you can kind of like look at beards as like kind of like a status thing this almost looks like the fucking emperor in a way found them so the emperor also has a long white beard and they uh so i think like this card is kind of like a nod to to the emperor because we're in the major arcana kind of like this person who is sitting like on this throne and you know like kind of like the decision and the choice to 
close themselves off, go live in isolation. And one of the things that I think that the hermit, it's card nine in the major arcana as well, by the way, card nine in the death line. So that goes strength, hermit, the wheel of fortune. And the way that I kind of talk about the hermit in a very like esoteric sense is that the hermit is the chrysalis building this strong desire to go from a throne of being perceived of having to stay firm or learning how to stay firm or learning how to like really concretely be you as a person you know we're not looking at the emperor in regards to like patriarchy toxic masculinity though i do think that this card can sometimes touch on those aspects of things especially as they are breaking down and we watch that happen in real time i think the real core meaning of the emperor for me and how it shows up in readings for me is, you know, like very stable energy of like mountains, oceans, trees. These things are things that we can depend on seeing, but they still change slowly over time. And if we're looking at the emperor, this person with this great big beard, right? And then we look at the hermit, which is essentially the same person with that beard, but now they're in a closed off place. They're building this chrysalis around themselves. When they enter the wheel, the wheel is not the butterfly moment. The wheel is the melting down moment. What happens to caterpillars when they chrysalize themselves? That's not a word. I made it up. You're welcome. When they chrysalize themselves is that they go to sleep and then they melt into caterpillar goo. And then from that goo, they, ra they resurrect back into Wheel of Fortune. Um, and, or not Wheel of Fortune, they resurrect into butterfly, right? Like they come out and they're like, hello, I'm a whole new being. And, you know, when we're in the death line, like the whole death line is kind of this process of rebuilding up into temperance where you come out in the butterfly. So the Wheel of Fortune is this melting into goo type thing where we are actively like becoming nothing completely unfamiliar to ourselves but the act of the hermit is the chrysalis building it's the desire to isolate this strong urge inside of us to build ourselves into this chrysalis to isolate to to close off not because we know what the fuck is happening i guarantee you a caterpillar does not start building their cocoon or their chrysalis thinking to themselves i'm going to become a beautiful butterfly they're thinking to themselves what the fuck am i doing like it's instinctual it's primal it is something we are driven to do in the hermit is kind of the same. Like we will go through periods of needing to be alone. This happens to me all the time. If you message me on Instagram and then you don't hear from me for four or five days, it's because I'm really fucking busy. And I literally like the only thing I can do with my brain is move into a chrysalis until I'm ready to come back out into the world again. Like I need to break down my own problems and come out. And in the hermit, we're kind of there. And this lantern in the hermit card is one of the most important facets of the card to me because when we are in the hermit, we are living by the light of our own truth. We are unable to escape ourselves. We are solely accountable, responsible, and stuck with ourselves. The good parts of ourselves and the harder parts of ourselves. This is a card that makes you confront literally yourself. This is you are you are the person you talk to. You are the person you deal with. If things don't get done, it's like uh, living by yourself, right? If the dishes don't get done, if you don't have food in your fridge, you didn't, you did, you, you, you didn't do it. Like here, when I live in this house with my husband, if something doesn't get done, right? It's like, well, we can pin the blame on each other. Well, you didn't do it. Well, you didn't do it. Um, but when you live by yourself, 
you are you are solely responsible for you and solely responsible for your actions and solely responsible for the dishes you did or did not do. Now, there's nothing wrong with not doing the dishes, right? It is completely on you deciding what is best for you in the moment. You know, even moving away from living alone, like when I'm when I I'm a person who works three days a week nannying. So I have my three nanny. I have three children I care for and a whole other family that I kind of run the household for between groceries, cleaning, um, dishes, cooking three meals a day. Um, I work seven to seven. So I'm essentially there like for 12 hours where I'm doing all of the stuff. And then I have two days a week where I'm at home with just my baby. And I have to make decisions for myself when I'm home those two days for my mental health. When I'm at work, I'm doing it for people. But Tuesday and Thursday, I'm in hermit mode. It is me. I am the soul. I decide. I decide. I like that lantern. I hold that lantern in front of me and I get to decide what I do or what I don't do. Now, I still have to deal with the things later, right? Like, I need to decide, do I want to do dishes? Is that what is best for me in this moment or would it be better for me to go shower? The answer is almost always, you should go shower. That doesn't erase the dishes from the sink. The dishes from the sink don't get done if I don't do them. But I will be in a better mood if I take care of myself first. I have to confront that fact about myself, right? I don't have anybody to blame when it's me making all of the rules for the things that get done or don't get done. I have nobody but me to blame for it it, because it all at the end of the day comes down to me. And that's kind of the message of the hermit, right? Like, At the end of it, when it comes down to it, it's about us. We make the decisions for ourselves. We control our own lives. And part of the problem is that we will not be able to make decisions that are best for ourselves or do things that are in our best interest if we don't know what the fuck we want, who we are when nobody else is there. Who are you? What do you like? What music do you listen to? How do you dance? What? How do you sing when literally nobody is there around you? When there's no one there to perceive you, who are you? Well, we put on masks for people around us. Some of us don't. Some of us are so delightfully fucking weird around people and not around people. But that doesn't mean you still don't have to deal with yourself when you're completely alone. And that's one of the things that... um. I think we as humans kind of struggle with a lot, right? Like um, there's a, this is so obscure. This is for like literally not even five of you, probably less than three. There's a series, it's called A Court of Thorns and Roses. And in the third book, there is a character that has to go get this mirror. But the mirror, if you look inside of it, is supposed, it drives you crazy, right? So this person to like help a bunch of people decides to go get this mirror. And what they see And what drives people insane is the true version of themselves, the beast within. And to be able to get this thing, they have to like come to terms with who they actually fucking are. And this is what we do in the hermit. We come to terms in the death line with who we actually are. People struggling with the fact that systemic racism is alive and well in this world and that This is a system built on racism. Capitalism is a system built on racism and misogyny. We can't, you know, like we have to come to terms with the fact that every single one of us, I'm talking to you white people, every single one of us, um, 
are racist. We were we are raised in a racist system. We have to confront that. And unless we can literally go into the hermit and confront that within ourselves, we'll never actually be able to move forward, right? The hermit not only has a lantern, they have a walking stick. They can't move forward until they deal with what is directly in front of them because that's all a lantern can see, what is directly in front of you. Until we understand that sometimes we're the problem, our attitude's the problem, we are the problem, we're never going to be able to have a relationship, you know, like, you know, in a marriage, like Gabe and I just had like kind of like a discussion about this, like, unless we can actively like deal with ourselves and like handle ourselves, like the way that we are in a relationship is hard. Like he and I are both very stubborn, strong headed people. We are both Leo's and we are both Libra risings and we have different moon signs. His is in Leo and my moon sign is Pisces. So the only difference between Gabe and I is like emotionally how we handle things. And that does get us into trouble. Like we essentially married each other, but like the mirror is different. And um, that's what is, <laughs> and, that's, and that's how we get into like these kind of like, well, this is how I see it and this is how I see it. And then we genuinely, we have to kind of like isolate ourselves for a minute and be like, what exactly are we trying to achieve? The hermit invites us to go into ourselves and confront ourselves, to live with ourselves. None of us are wholly good. None of us are wholly bad. We are good. We are bad. We are rotten. We are holy. We are sacred. We are disgusting. We are everything. We are, ev we are every component. The idea of the hermit is to confront those things, find that truth, find our desires, deal with what is directly in front of us so that we can move forward, break ourselves down, isolate ourselves so that when we do break down, we can rebuild better. Come to terms with yourself, come to terms with what you actually want, come to terms with your truth, come to terms with who you are so that when you break down in the wheel, real change can happen. Because if you go into timeout, if you put yourself in timeout and then you don't actually think on what you did and then you come out of it, 10 minutes later, you did your 10 minutes and you come out and you didn't actively confront or change or make yourself accountable for everything. Well, then you're going to do the same shitty thing you did to put yourself in timeout in the first place. But if you go into timeout, if you isolate yourself, if you go into hermit and you let yourself break down and you say, this is what I did right. This is what I believe. This was my intention. This is how I fucked that up. This is what I actually wanted. And then you decide that you are going to change. Well, then you're going to fucking change. Specifically, as, a, as white people, we have to come to terms with the fact I use systemic racism as an example earlier, but we have to come to terms with the fact that we live in an inherently racist system and that we have contributed to racism and that we actively in our day to day lives somehow actively contribute to that. So our goal is to say, OK, I actively contribute to racism. How can I do better in my day to day to not contribute to racism in a racist system? And if you don't come to terms with the fact, and I think this is why so many white people are stuck in that I'm not racist. Yes, you are. I, you know, like you have to confront the fact that the system we're in is inherently racist. And since the system benefits us, we activate, we are actively supporting racism in some facets. How do we actively break that down? Well, we have to break the system. And I think that's where people get so stuck. If you do not go in the hermit with the idea that you will change things that are not working and that are actively bad or actively supporting systems that hurt people, then you're not going to change and you're just going to keep hurting people. 
But if you go into the hermit and you say, these are my intentions, this is the world I actually want. These are the things and the systems that I'm upholding. How do I break that down? How do I get rid of that? What can I do better? Then you are going to go into the wheel of fortune, which is change, which is inherent evolution and change. And then you're actually going to change. Then you're actually going to do better. This is something as big as something like systemic racism and, and as you know, insignificant as a fight with your significant other on you know, who has to wake up for the ba- with the baby the next night and why? What is it you actually want? What are your actual intentions? What do you actually desire? What music do you actually like? Who are you when no one is fucking there? And then how do you move forward? What are the good parts of you? What are the not so good? We're, we all have them. And then we have to dedicate ourselves in the hermit to change. What's very interesting is that we have the hermit and the hanged man in the same line Hanged man is car 12. It comes right before death. So if we learn about the things in the hermit that we need to change, we actively in the wheel go through that change. We end up in justice. We discover that what is fair isn't always right. What's right isn't always fair. And that we deserve things like we deserve to die. We deserve to go through the dying process simply because we were born and all things that are alive then deserve to die and will die. Then in the hanged man, when you get there, you are hanging there still isolated, back in isolation, but with acceptance of this is where I am. This is what I was able to change. This is what I was not able to change. And you just kind of, you hang there in acceptance, knowing that you gathered as much knowledge as you could. The lantern goes from your hand to around your head. And then in card 13, in death, you die. You die. But that's not the end of the line. The end of the line is temperance. And that's your butterfly moment. But it all starts It all starts here in the chrysalis of the hermit in card nine, which is an honoring of where you've been. Nines are all about honoring of the self, of your past, what you've done and what you've not done. And honoring is not always like, hey, yeah, that was holy and great. Honoring is sometimes saying, is a nodding, is a a recognition of, yeah, I fucked up there. That was me. I did that. I fucked up there. This is what I did good. This is what I did that was not good. This is me isolating myself and I'm going to dedicate myself to changing. That's the idea. Or you're going to keep ending back up in the hermit. You're going to have to keep going to timeout. And the hermit is not a card. When I say timeout, I don't mean you went there because you're bad. No, you went there because you had some primal instinctive urge to put yourself in a place where you were going to confront you. And we all have to do it. We all have to do it. We all have to confront ourselves. We all have to. We all have this moment of who am I when there's literally nobody else here to perceive me? And that's the gift of the hermit. All right. Um, As we all know, this is the uh, part of the podcast where (laughs) I I become your biology teacher and I teach you about the life cycle of a monarch butterfly. It is the collective reading. I (laughs) embarrassingly (laughs) got a D in college biology. (laughs) I could, it just like, anyway, I did. Um. This is the collective reading. Our collective reading this coming week is the reverse nine of pentacles. It's a nine again. This is an episode of nines. Like I just said, nines are about honoring the self and the past self. And the nine of pentacles, we're doing this in a physical way. This is a card of preening. This is a card of owning you and giving yourself a little bit of luxury, but also like self-care. This coming week, 
it's not going to be solely about making yourself comfortable. It's not all about you. It's about honoring. This is, you know, it's going to be about honoring other people and making other people feel comfortable and good as well. You know, you might end up with somebody in your life that's having a really hard time and it might be kind of your task to be like, hey, like, how can I help? Or, or you know, if it's you in this position, like maybe like ask for help. Be okay saying I am physically uncomfortable with X, Y, Z, whether that's you simply just need 20 extra minutes to shower. So you ask your spouse to hang out with your kid for an extra 20 minutes so that you can have a little extra you time, whether that's, hey, um, I know that I said that I would go out today and I know that I said we'd go get coffee, but genuinely, I'm just feeling kind of blah and I'd like to stay in. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's, hey, like, are you available? I'd really like to get coffee. Do you have availability to chat? I just need somebody with me. I need someone to talk to. I need to do something for me. Pay attention to that this coming week. That's going to be important. All right. Now on to the next thing. We're here. And by we're, I mean, who is my friend that has joined us today? It is Gabe again. It's Gabe. Uh, we And he's here because we have a dream. Someone sent us a dream. And by someone, I mean Candace. Hi, Candace. Uh, and she sent us a kind of a special dream because it's kind of funny. Nice. So Candace says, hi, Jacqueline. I'm listening to the podcast a little all over the place and just heard a few episodes where you are doing dream reads. If you're still doing them, I have a funny one, one I think might be interesting to do. Had a dream where a guy that I used to hook up with was my roommate and stole my bathroom mirror. He also took out all my Christmas decorations that included two fake Christmas trees. And then he bought one real Christmas tree. And I was upset about that. Candace then later on in our messaging goes on to say it was so strange. And I was so very angry about the extra tree. Hmm. So we're going to do a reading on, on Candace, her and her dream about her ex-boyfriend becoming her roommate and thieving her fake trees. What are you doing? I'm doing a reading as well. Okay, so Gabe got a book. Explain your book. Well, we we were doing these dream readings for everybody and... Tarot well, apparently wasn't good enough. Yeah, well, I wanted to contribute in my own way. So I got a book, The Dictionary of Dreams by Gustavus Hindman Miller. Gustavus. He's an old German dude. Um, but anyway, I started reading through it. It's more funny than anything, so enjoy. I'm going to look up... The significance of Christmas trees in What's in a Dream. Guaranteed that the word Christmas tree is not in there. I bet you have to look up tree in Christmas and then cross. I almost said cross contaminate. That's not what I meant. You get you get the vibe I'm going we'll for. Cross contaminate it. Yeah. All right. So I am pulling for you, Candace, right now. And. Okay. So I'm pulling. Th- Ooh, I hit my thing. So I'm pulling three cards. And those three cards are, they're all in reverse. The reverse Knight of Swords, the reverse Fool, and the reverse Ace of Wands. So I guess how we'll do this is we'll test the authenticity of Gustavus. Gustavus? Oh, we want to hear what Gustavus has No, to I want I wanna us to go over the cards, and then I want to... Well, you, I guess, already know what Gustavus says. I will cross-contaminate. We'll cross-contaminate. Okay, so I'll we'll go over the cards, and then we'll, we'll uh, bring Gustavus... Yes. Into the conversation. <laughs> Whenever I hear like a really good like German German name, I think, Yoo-hoo, big summer blowout. <laughs> By far the best character Disney's ever created. Okay. So if you've Candace, never seen Frozen and don't know that reference. 
The other one is, remember that one time we were listening to the true crime podcast on lore and it was about the um, German murder, the axe murders in yeah. Germany? Yoo-hoo! <laughs> and we were... It was not good. That was me re- reinterpreting the whole we, we were episode like driving in, it in the is, voice of the frozen character. This was I'm an idiot. Yes. Well, this was before we had kids too, so we had decided to drive overnight somewhere, and Gabe had lost it. How you entertain yourselves on road trips, I think, stays on the road trip. Gabe will inevitably reach a point in a road trip that's longer than five hours, where he starts in different like voices and accents, monologuing. We're on, we're here to talk about a dream, but there was one time that he started talking about road apples in like a very strange, like almost like southern accent, and I had no idea what a road apple was. I was making yeah, I was just making fun of her not knowing what road apples were, and anyway, you, you get to a certain point of insanity on road trips that makes it okay for you to be a complete idiot. So anyway, so um, Candice, this is your dream. Um, the reverse Knight of Swords, uh, reverse Fool, and reverse Ace of Wands here. So one, I think it's, I want to say that sometimes a dream can be a total nonsense dream, and the importance of the dream is how you feel in it. Like, there are dreams that I've had which are fucking stupid, but I wake up scared, or dreams that are, like, really, like, arguably good dreams, but I wake up, like, really confused and feeling not so great. So I think that the most important part of any dream and what the message is trying to convey is how you feel during it. And I think that's kind of what the reverse Knight of Swords and the reverse Ace of Wands are kind of detailing here is kind of this feeling of like almost like going in this feeling of like almost going in reverse. When you end up having dreams, I think about exes and like you're feeling very like unhappy about it. It's like Almost this feeling of, in some way, something that you didn't think you were going to have to go back to or some feeling you didn't think you were going to have to revisit or recenter can come up in, like, the form of an ex where you're having to, like, this relationship. And it's not about missing the ex. It's not about the ex really at all. It's more about, like, this feeling of going backwards when you're trying to go forwards with something. And I think here that the the fact that he that the anger was based off the fact that he stole your two fake Christmas trees, I think it has a lot to do with kind of this feeling of letting having to rearrange or let go of something in regards to like a tradition, something that you really cared about having to be put down. And it feels like going backwards in a certain way. And it's a very uncomfortable and almost angry feeling of like, this is what I wanted. And you're telling me that a real Christmas tree is better than my two fake Christmas trees. And I'm telling you that I liked things as they were. And I didn't want to have to go back and readdress it. I just want those things how they how they are. Now, I don't know if this is specifically talking about holidays for you, but I do think something that is really important about the concept of Christmas time altogether, the holiday season is that we are very nostalgic. We are very like stuck in our memories. And I think like the symbology there of you having that that dream in like October or beginning of November is kind of this example of something that you were really set in, some sort of tradition or way of being that you held dear being kind of like adjusted or taken from you in a way that's like you're being told that it's better for you. And at the same time, like you were very comfortable as things were. And the fact that it's your it's a your ex-boyfriend that you're having to deal with in this tells me that um, potentially like it's not about the ex-boyfriend so much as it is about feeling like this change is actually sending you backwards somehow rather than moving forward, which is, I think, what you desired in the first place. Gabe, Gustavus. Yeah. Um, Gustavus actually does something have something for Christmas trees here. So I'll just ah. read the whole entry. Um, there's two sentences. Don't freak out. 
Christmas tree. To dream of a Christmas tree denotes joyful occasions and auspicious fortune. To see one dismantled foretells some painful incident will follow <laughs> occasions of festivity. Candace, you're going to celebrate Christmas, but you're also... <laughs> what, what was the word? Candace got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> Auspicious fortune or painful incidents involving Christmas trees. So look out. Well, so you'll get hit by a reindeer, but people will sing about it for many years to come. Jacqueline will sing about it. I will, I will sing about it. Gabe, how would you interpret? How would you interpret this? I'll give you the cards here. Um, as as soon as I thought of that, I actually thought of astrology and um, ah! <laughs> what's what's going on a little bit there. Just short version. Um, Pluto will change signs very soon, um, which doesn't only happens every thirty some odd years. It will go from Capricorn to Aquarius, and and what this can mean is sort of deep rooted feelings, um, maybe feelings you didn't know about. Around the area of um, Capricorn can sometimes come across as um, letting, not letting yourselves have have things that you wanted, or enforcing those boundaries on the things that you do, um, yeah. and sort of deep rooted feelings. And I and not knowing about your chart, but um, uh, it could be located around somewhere. Pluto could be somewhere, or making an aspect to another planet that's in your realm of home and family. And so it changes well, signs a little bit earlier early next year and so we're kind of in the process of that yeah and you know going along with that it could also be candace that your dream is talking about you holding yourself back from things that you really want like dreaming about an ex dreaming about fake christmas trees you know kind of this subconscious holding of ourselves back for no reason other than we're, we've this is the way that we've always done something and this could be talking about specifically with thinking about that astrology conversation in mind Rather than holding yourself back from something that was working just because it was working, allowing yourself to kind of advance and find the thing that is new and better for you. Yeah. What can you let go of? What can you not let go of? I will trade you <laughs> two Christmas trees for one real Christmas tree. This reminds me of no. the, uh, another time that you decided to improv at the zoo looking at lemurs. You said, this one's for all the coconuts, Bob. This one's for all the Christmas <laughs> context, trees, Larry. Context. I need context. It was. It, they I were, gave them context. I said zoo lemurs. I know. This the one's lemurs, for all the coconuts, Bob. The lemurs were all sitting like on their butts, like they were sitting at a card table, and there was two or three of them, and they were like, I don't know, passing something to the other one or picking bugs or something. But they just looked <laughs> like they were playing cards, and it was super funny. And I was in that form of insanity again, just that place that I go where I make stupid voices. And yeah, so I started talking like. Talking like a cad player. This what one's for all the coconuts, Bob. What y'all don't need to know is that Gabe eventually, that same day at the zoo, he bought a lemur. And that lemur has become, it's not our child's lemur, it's our lemur. And it has become a very, very long inside joke that we can't share here because... <laughs> sure we can. No, we can't. can't. leave him hanging no, like that. No, yes, we can. Bob's we, this dirty. Is about can't. Bob, Bob talks dirty. <laughs> Gabe, Bob says People everything. Are think we use this and like actually use this. Well, we don't actually use it. It's more of a joke, but Bob does talk dirty. Like if Jackie's looking pretty good today, no! then Bob has no problem saying it. He'll be like, hey. Listen, <laughs> I hate Bob. Like I have never looked at a stuffed animal and thought to myself, oh, I fucking hate that Bob stuffed animal. Bob is an asshole. But I hate We know Bob. that, but he's our asshole. Okay, we have to get off of this podcast. Candace, thank you for sending in your dream. If you would like us to go over your dream and also talk about other things like stuffed lemurs, cards, and accents, 
Um, please email your dream to awakenedtarotnashville at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram at awakenedtarot. Um, you know, we will decode your dream, interpret your dream, but so will Gustavos. <laughs> Gustavos may be around for a minute just for kicks and giggles. All right, I've... let's actually <laughs> uh, let's actually leave this time. Bye. Oh, hey, wait. If you like this... <laughs> It's not a bit. I'm just stupid. If you like this, I'm so mad. <laughs> if you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review. It helps get the podcast out there to people who need to listen to it. And if we hit 200 reviews over Apple and Spotify, I will get to Pie Gabe in the face. And he has a beard, so it'll really get up in there. I don't know what I'm rooting for. Can I push the button now? Yeah, we can leave. <laughs>